Guys, 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 check this out. So I watched the Game Awards today, right? I watched it on YouTube because I honestly forgot about it. And I thought, well, I'll just look up the rerun later. And I found it on YouTube the whole three hours and a half. And I was really excited because there was rumors going on around a remake of both Silent Hill. And I'm looking forward to getting the PS5 for the simple fact that I've also heard there's a remake of the first Metal Gear Solid game. So I want to get a PS5 for that. So I'm sitting there patiently watching the Game Awards patiently, patiently, patiently hoping that Silent Hill will come out eventually. To my surprise, it didn't come out. I'm very sad, but hopefully they will make the remake and I will get it and be scared out of my mind. Anyway, Patricio Pitbull fought Pedro Cavallo and then Alimale McFarlane lost to Juliana Vasquez. Congratulations to Juliana and congratulations to Pitbull for moving on to the grand finals. I mean to the semifinals to fight Emmanuel Sanchez. Alright guys, stay safe, stay humble, stay healthy. Peace. Episode number six. Last time I said it was episode six. This is actually episode five. But this one is episode six. But anyway, we got a lot to get to. First and foremost, we're going to get off to Jack Hermanson versus Marvin Vittori. Dude, what a card. Like, I was so sad because the initial fight was supposed to be Darren Till and Jack Hermanson. But Darren Till was still hurt. From his last fight with Robert Whitaker. So after Darren pulled out. They went with Kevin Holland. Who was one of the hotter prospects. I believe if he would have fought Jack. And won it would have been his fourth win of 2020. So. But then COVID hit. And Kevin tested positive. So. It was weird because the following week, which is this weekend, so that was last weekend, right? So this weekend, Marvin Vittori was scheduled to fight Jacare Souza on the pay-per-view. So they basically swapped out Marvin for Kevin because I guess they, due to Kevin's severeness with the illness, they assumed he'd be good to go a week later because from what I heard he felt like he just had a cold because it hits people different right like some people get really get it really bad and then some people they'll get over it really quick so Kevin was one that I guess tested positive but it was a very mild case so they swapped him and Marvin they swapped the opponent so Marvin ended up fighting Jack Hermanson a week earlier and Kevin Holland is going to fight Jacare Souza this Saturday. 
So Kevin Holland is still in the running to potentially be 4-0 in 2020. Him and a couple other fighters have been fighting back to back to back to back, which I think is pretty cool. But you're not going to see a big name like Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington, or none of them do anything like that. Because they're well-deserved, right? Because they already made their name. So that's good for somebody that's trying to make a name like Hamzat. Like, we didn't know who Hamzat was. At least I didn't, unless you follow the regional circuit in Russia very, very closely. You didn't really know who Hamza was, and he bursts onto the scene and becomes one of the bigger stars of 2020. So, activity. Activity is the key word for 2020 when it comes to UFC fighters. Okay, so Marvin takes the fight with Jack. I'm sorry for digressing. Marvin takes the fight with Jack. And then he wins. Like, first of all, this card from the first main fight, all the fights were great, but I'm going to focus on the main fights here. The first main fight, what's his name? I have it right here. Give me one sec. Jordan Levitt versus Matt Wyman. First of all, I didn't know Matt Wyman went back to the UFC. That dude was a beast. He was on the same season of the Ultimate Fighter as Nate Diaz, the one Nate initially ended up winning. So Jordan Levitt, he goes. So he grabs the guy, and Matt, I guess, wanted to pull guard on him. So he, like, clinched onto him and, like, grabbed him and, like, wrapped his legs around him. But what Jordan does is he grabs his forearm and slams him to the ground and knocks him out with the slam, like... That was nuts, bro. So, look out for Jordan Levitt, the Monkey King. And then he does like this. I don't even know what to call it. It wasn't a dance. Like, where he has his cornerman catch him in the air. It was pretty weird. I don't even know what to call that. And then the following match, Roman Docile versus John Allen. It was a good fight. He even goes at one point, Coach, should I, should I beat him with the ankle lock? And the coach says, yeah, but... It ended up happening for Roman, so he won that by split decision. And then Gabriel Benitez versus Justin Janes. What a crazy fight, bro. Gabriel gets hurt, but then he comes back and finishes it with the knee to the stomach and then elbows. Like, it was just violent. Jamal Hill versus Oven St. Prue. Violence to the max, bro. Like, I'm telling you, like, these guys didn't stop that. And... Up into the main event, I had my mouth open. I'm like, there's no way this could get any more wild. Boy, was I wrong. Arvin Vittori versus Jack Hermanson was probably one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. First of all, Marvin Vittori, I knew he was a beast. If you guys don't know, he was Israel Adesanya's second fight in the UFC. And, like, he took Israel to a split decision. Uh, sadly, what I don't think a lot of people know is after that fight, Marvin tested positive for some type of banned substance. So he had, I think he got suspended for six months. I'm not sure, but I think he got suspended for six months, and then he slowly but surely worked his way back up. And now officially, because Joel Romero, due to the UFC purge, is no longer with the UFC, which I'll get to later. Joel Romero... Is no longer with the UFC. So everybody that was in the top five below Yoel, like directly below 
or above him, yeah, below him, like Jack Hermanson, they all moved up one. Everybody below Yoel Romero moved up one. So I believe going into the fight, Jack was ranked number five. Mar- Marvin was ranked number 11. So now Marvin is ranked number five. Number five or six? Let's say six because I believe Darren Till is number five. And I believe that's his next fight. Let me check right here. Let me see. Let me see. No, Darren Till is number four. Marvin is number five. So look, he wanted to fight Paulo Costa. But I honestly think they're either going to have Paulo fight Jared or Whitaker, depending on what Izzy does. What I mean by that is if he's really going to fight Jan Brakovic. Because I believe if... We all get the vaccine that they officially announced is going to start the rollout this week. And most people can get the vaccine by next summer and do. And they can start live events. And Jan and Izzy fight in March. I believe they're going to try to set up John Jones versus Israel Adesanya for International Fight Week in July at Raiders Stadium. So we got to see what happens there. But going back to Marvin, what they should do. So he beat Jack. And then you have to take this into consideration. Chris Weidman, who's number 10, is going to fight Uriah Hall. Kevin Gastelum will probably fight Derek Brunson. So you can do one of two things with Marvin. You can have him fight Darren Till or Jared Cannonier. Because if Izzy again fights... um, What's his name? Jan Brakovic... They should have Robert fight Costa just to keep the division moving. And if Marvin beats Till or Cannoneer, he can fight either the one he doesn't fight. Bitch. Like, let's say he fights Till and wins. You could give him Cannoneer. And if Costa beats Whitaker, you would have Marvin fight Cannoneer because you're not going to have Costa who just came off of a win from Whitaker fight Cannoneer in his fight after that because Robert Whitaker just beat him. So if Costa were to beat Whitaker and Marvin beats Till, you can have him fight again Whitaker or Cannoneer. Let's say you will have let's say in his next two fights you have Marvin either fight Till or Cannoneer. It doesn't matter which order because his fight after that would be the other guy he didn't fight. So let's say if he fights Till next, he wins. He'll fight Cannonier after that. Because if Costa, let's say, beats down Robert Whitaker, Robert Whitaker is going to want to take time off. And I believe Marvin would want to be active. So if Marvin, let's say, beats Till and then could beat Cannonier, he'll probably fight Costa after that, depending. I don't know if it would be for an interim title shot or... For just contendership. So he's in the hunt bro. And it's crazy because he's the first Italian guy to break into the UFC top 5. So he can. Well they say already that he's already the face of Italian MMA. For the simple fact of being in the top 5 of the UFC middleweight division. And I, I feel bad man. Like guys like Kevin Holland who have been doing work. Like Hamza Chimaev and like Marvin Vittori. All these guys that have wins in the UFC. And I understand it because I'm the biggest advocate for these 
Bellator fighters or people coming into the UFC. But none of these three guys besides Hamza. So Hamza got into the UFC game. Marvin wants to get into the game. Kevin Holland wants to get in the game. Okay, these three guys have UFC wins. Michael Chandler, who if you follow MMA outside of the UFC, is a, was a very big deal in Bellator. And he was one of the free agents the UFC signed once he became a free agent. Is already in the game, but I'm like, he doesn't even have a fight in the UFC. And these three guys that are asking you to put them in the game, you're not doing it. Especially Marvin, because he has a win over a tough guy, and he's in the top five. So if anybody deserves it more than Chandler, it's Marvin Vittori. But we'll see. I would want to see him fight Darren Till, because I think that would be a good scrap. I think that's a good fight for both of them it's either way like their styles match up well that i don't know who would win but uh, that's a good fight i want to see that for marvin next or with jared cannonier because i don't know how he deals with power because if jared blasts him i don't know how he's gonna deal with that so we'll see but that does it for this week's card so look out for the italian dream marvin vittori in 2021 if it was me i'd have him fight darren till but i'm not the matchmaker um, UFC 256, okay, let me go find it, because I did not put that up, I apologize, I will find it right now, but the return of Davison Figueiredo and Brandon Moreno, after their wins at UFC 255, they won such impressively, and with little injury, that they, that they turned it right around, and they're gonna fight again on the next card. Okay, this is another card that went through a bunch of changes. Originally, Amanda Nunes was supposed to fight Megan Anderson. I want to say there was another title fight that was supposed to happen. But I'm not sure. So, so they swapped Figueiredo and Moreno. Oh, oh, I remember, I remember. So, Megan... Anderson and Amanda Nunes are supposed to fight. And then they book Peter Yan versus Aljermaine Sterling. Both of those fights got canceled. Amanda Nunes, I think they said they personal reasons, but there was a rumor going around that she got hurt. And then Peter Yan, a lot of people thought it was COVID, but it turns out to be a personal issue. So then they had Davis and Figueiredo. They had him and Brandon turn around right away because they both said they wanted to fight as soon as possible. And then they announced Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. Like, that's a fight in itself that <laughs> the way it came together was weird because originally this dates back all the way to UFC. Let's see. This one's 256. To UFC 254, originally the co-main event for that, which was the Habib Gaethje card, was supposed to be Tony Ferguson versus Dustin Poirier, but Dustin wanted more money. Tony was like, okay, I'm going to support you. I won't fight until they give you your money. But then they offered Dustin Michael Chandler, and Dustin turned it down for the same reason. And then they offered Chandler to Ferguson, but Ferguson turned it down because he wanted to back Dustin. And then they'd say, okay, Connor wants to fight you, Dustin. Dustin takes it immediately, even though there's a whole backstory with that one that I'm not really going to get into that I'm pretty sure a lot of people know what I'm talking about. I'll get into it. So 
Connor was trying to get a fight. I believe the reason Connor has such a hard time getting a fight is because he's such a big star that he demands, like, the UFC is losing money if they make him fight during this pandemic because I don't care as much as people deny that the gate is not a big deal, it's a big deal. Because if you have someone like Connor where the ringside seats, I believe, can go all the way up $200,000 to $500,000, if not more, compared to some other fighters, you're losing money. So I believe the UFC was having him on the shelf throughout this year to see if things would get better. But then Connor, because he has a lot of money and that does make him very powerful. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because a lot of people just don't like to hear that type of stuff. But it is true that because of the amount of money he has, he does have a lot of power when it comes to himself. He he sends out a tweet to Dustin saying that let's have a boxing charity match and I'll donate it to your charity the good fight foundation and then dustin said cool let's do it that the ufc gets involved be like okay if you guys want to fight i'm we're just gonna make you fight each other so they both agreed to fight on january 23rd 2021 like that fight's set in stone that fight's happening so in the meantime tony's sitting here going like dude what the hell i backed you up and you're gonna do me like that so he's going, okay, I'm going to fight Chandler now. But Tony wanted to fight really bad this year. Like, he wanted to fight because he saw that these cards were taking a hit. And he knew he had a big enough name to entice people, which is true. Because let me be honest with you, if Tony Ferguson was not fighting this weekend, I probably would not have ordered this card. I'm going to get the card just because Tony Ferguson's fighting. And there's other good fights on the card, don't get me wrong. I'm, re- I'm a really big fan of Davis and Figueredo, of Mackenzie Dern, of Kevin Holland. I'm a big fan. But for me, the main event is Ferguson and Oliveira because I like both those guys. Like, if, if you guys don't know who Charles Oliveira is, please go look at his highlight. That dude is a beast. But anyway, I digress. So Chandler kept going, oh, we have other plans. We have other plans. We have other plans. And then from what I've heard... That Tony goes, okay, I want to fight Chandler. So he went to the UFC and told him, give me Michael Chandler. That the UFC turned around and told him, Michael Chandler's booked for January 23rd. So then he tells Chandler, but you're booked January 23rd. This is Tony to Chandler. He's like, I'm not booked. I'll fight you on January 23rd. So he moved on because he really wanted to fight this year. So then they moved on to Charles Oliveira, who... Has all the potential of winning the belt if Khabib is really gone. Not even if Khabib is gone because Charles Oliveira is really good at jiu-jitsu. And we know Khabib is going to take it to the ground. But I wonder if Charles will be able to impose his jiu-jitsu on Khabib. We won't know. Like That's why this fight has so many question marks around it. Like Let's look at other fights on this card. You got... Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno for the flyweight belt. You got Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. In the co-main event, you got Mackenzie Dern versus Virna Jandoroba. At the woman strawweight, you got Kevin Holland versus Ronaldo Souza. What a good fight. And you got Junior Dos Santos versus Cryo Gain. And in the two feature belts, you got Cub Swanson. Versus Daniel Pieta, Daniel Pieta, and then in the lightweight bout you got Hinato Moicano versus Rafael Files, Rafael Fislev, yeah, that's his name. Like this is a good card, 
And initially, it was supposed to be Peter Jan. No, initially, it was supposed to be Megan Anderson versus Amanda Nunes. And then it switched to Peter Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. And ultimately, we ended up with Davison Figueiredo versus Brandon Moreno. But still, all in all, a good card. I want to watch it. But for me, the main event is Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. Like, if Tony, if Tony loses, his head could be on the chopping block, bro, with this UFC purge. Like, I hope he wins, because then it keeps Habib versus Ferguson alive for 2021. And I honestly do believe it was going to happen this year until COVID hit. So, that's a fight. Here, I'll give you my picks now. I'm only going to do the f- the last two prelims and all of the main card. I'm going to go with Hinata Moicano and Cub Swanson. I'll go JDS, Junior Dos Santos. I'm going Kevin Holland. And then Mackenzie Dern and Virna Jandaroba is... A little hard because they're both Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts. It depends on whose stand-up is better. And I honestly have not seen a lot of stand-up from either of them. But I'm going to go with Mackenzie Dern. Because she's a multiple Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu champion in Gi and No Gi. And I'm a, this one is from the heart because I do love both of them. But I'm going to go with my boy El Kukui Tony Ferguson to win. And then I'm going to go with the champion Davison Figueiredo. Because I believe his... Power is going to be too much for Brandon. And if Brandon takes him down, I believe Davison Figueiredo just has better jiu-jitsu than he does. So we're going to have to see there, bro. Let me see what else I got in my notes. A look into 2021. Dude, 2021, fight-wise, is going to be nuts. First of all, the UFC is starting the year with Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater. And then, because they did announce that around the Conor McGregor fight, they were going to try to do events around it. So they're starting it with Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater a week before. That Wednesday, they're going to rebook Hamza Chimaya versus Leon Edwards. That was supposed to happen a week after this Saturday. But Leon Edwards ended up getting like a super bad case of COVID that he lost 12 pounds due to the illness. But they've rebooked it for January 20th. There are are rumored to rebook it for January 20th. And then January 23rd, they're going to do McGregor versus Poirier. The only thing that I I don't want to say it sucks because it's good for the company. But for us that live in the state, especially in the West Coast, it's going to be like the Khabib fight because they're going to try to have fans for that fight. So I imagine that it's going to be early in the morning. So, yeah, honestly, bro, we shouldn't complain because we get them all in prime time all the time. So, like, we're in basically people that live in Europe that they have, like, for them all the time that they have to do that. I don't mind doing it once or twice or a couple times. And if you don't want to watch it live, you can always order the pay-per-view and just watch it anytime. That's the cool thing about it being digital. But I don't know if you want to do that. But, yeah. And then Alimale McFarlane lost her belt today. And I was surprised. Uh, what, who did she fight? I didn't look it up. Alimale lo- lost her belt today. I know her Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach, Richie Martinez, a really good friend of mine, a really sweet guy. 
I'll probably talk to him about it, see what he can tell me. I don't know if he'll tell me much, but he's a good friend of mine, so I'll talk to him. Um, I want to talk about AJ McKee. Like, that guy, if you guys don't know him, he's like one of the best fighters. I'm going to say this. People are going to get mad at me, but he's probably the best fighter. It's either him or Pitbull outside the UFC that I believe don't get the attention they deserve. Like, those guys, these two guys, AJ McKee and Patricio Pitbull, will give the top 10 of the featherweights and lightweights a run from their money. I'm not going to tell you they're going to win the belt. They can, but I won't say that they'll easily win the belt. But I guarantee you, these guys, along with Michael Chandler, Michael Chandler is going to prove a lot of this. If they Because I believe they can, because AJ's a really young guy. I believe he's only 27 or 28. Or maybe even 25. Let me see. Let me see. But my point is, these guys, he's a young guy. And, like, a lot of people don't know these guys because I've noticed a lot of people don't follow MMA outside of the UFC because of this stigma that if you're not in the UFC, you're not worth my time. There's a lot of that, which I believe is very sad. I've seen it. And it is warranted. That's a good job on the UFC. I would hope that like that mindset slowly but surely deteriorates away from MMA fans. Because that's not always the case. How old is AJ? AJ is 25. He just turned 25 too. Like, and so he has... So he's in the finals. He just beat Dem- Car- Caldwell. Demetrius Caldwell, I believe his name was. What's his name? Darian Car- Caldwell. He believe he just beat Darian Car- Caldwell. Caldwell. Darian Caldwell. I've said that like five times. People are gonna think I'm a dumbass. But he beat Darian Caldwell in the semifinals. He, who was the bantamweight champion before he lost to Haraguchi. He beat him with like this this weird submission. Okay, so AJ. Yeah, AJ has two fights left. The finals, he's either going to fight the winner, the winner of Patricio Pitbull versus Emmanuel Sanchez. Whoever wins from that, I want Pitbull to win. For my selfish reasons, I want Pitbull to win because I said it when this tournament was announced. The final is going to be AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull. After what I saw, what Patricio did to Juan Archuleta, where, like, dude, like, that fight wasn't even close. And Juan, I believed at the time. When they all got put in place and they gave Juan Archuleta the first crack at Patricio. I'm like, dude, that's the hardest fight for Patricio. And Patricio, like, it wasn't even competitive, bro. Like, Patricio just, like, say, yeah, whatever, bro, watch this. And, like, just blew through him. And then COVID hit. And then Patricio beat Conor McGregor's partner. I forget his name. But he was a dude from Portugal. Like, he ran through him, and then AJ was doing the same thing. Like, he's running through these guys, so, like, they're almost there neck and neck. Like, the only thing standing in their way is if Emmanuel Sanchez pulls off the upset, which I wouldn't be upset at because that will also be a great fight. Like, if you guys don't know who these three guys are, please look them up. They are great fighters. Like, I will be the one to advocate for them because I love these Bellator fighters. There's a bunch of Bellator fighters that I love. 
the light heavyweight champ, Nadim Nankov, the middleweight champ. A lot of people know who he is. Gegard Musasi. Like, there's a lot of these guys. Douglas Lima is one of my favorite fighters. I believe his brother Diego is going to fight on her upcoming UFC card. I'll look into that and get back to you on that. But these guys, please look into, like, the finals, whoever it is. I'm looking forward to the next semifinal between Patricio and Sanchez. Sorry, I kind of forgot his name, but I remembered it. Emmanuel Sanchez. I can't wait. Like, these are one of the top fights on my list that I, I got to look into getting CBS Sports as part of my TV package because they're not going to be streamed on the zone. And I believe... I don't know if it's because Elimelech McFarlane fought in Japan today that they didn't stream it on the zone. I didn't get to see that fight. I had to wait to see the results on online, and I was sad that she lost. But congrats to her opponent, who I honestly can't remember who it was. But when I saw the odds and I saw Elimelech was the underdog, I was like, well, that's weird because usually the champ is the favorite, but they must have known something I didn't because I had never heard of her. But again, this is why I advocate for these fighters that we should be paying attention. Just because they're not in the UFC does not mean they are not good fighters and cannot give these UFC fighters a run for their money. Alright. So, 2021. Look out for the tournament semifinal between Patricio Pitbull versus Emmanuel Sanchez. And then the winner of that will fight AJ McKee, I believe, in the spring or in the summer of 2021. And then it becomes interesting, right? Because let's say AJ wins the finals. He said in a recent interview with Ariel Hawani that he only has two fights left. Which would be the finals and then one more. So they're either going to renegotiate with him now and we'll hear about it soon. Or they're going to wait till the final fight. See if AJ wins. Try to renegotiate. Or if AJ just wants to fight out his contract and maybe... Try his hand at going into the UFC. I know AJ's kind of on the fence about that because he wants to get a like endorsement deal with Snickers and a bunch of other companies in the UFC with the Reebok deal and going into 2021 with the Venom deal. I don't think they would allow him to do that. Because, yes, again, you want to be the best, right? But at the same time, he's a fighter. He's got to support his family. So... It, resigning with Bellator and getting the endorsement deals helps him secure that future. I say go for it, bro. Maybe the UFC isn't in his future, and it's okay because we all still love Fedor, and the UFC was not in his career at all, but we all still love Fedor very much. And I'm going to end on... No, no, no. Whoa. Let's talk about DJ announces that he will finish his career in one championship. So DJ recently went on to Ariel Hawani show and said that he's going to finish his career in one championship. Like, don't think he's going to go back to the UFC. Because he also announced that he's not fighting at 125 anymore. But he's fighting the flyweight at the flyweight division in that organization, just not at 125. Because the way they do it is they make you fight at your natural weight. One championship has this system that I believe everybody should copy, but I know everybody won't because... They don't want to give one championship a W in that sense. but So we shouldn't expect DJ back in the UFC 
anytime soon or at all at this point. I'm not saying he can't go and work for ESPN because he's really good on the mic. Or he might do that for one championship, but he could do it for ESPN one day. You never know. Never say never. Okay. And the last thing I want to talk about is the UFC roster purge. So I want to say either Wednesday or Thursday. I honestly can't remember. The news broke that the UFC released Yoel Romero from his UFC contract. And I was sad that day. I'm like, dude, I'm actually going to live in a world where Yoel no longer fights for the UFC. Like, I never thought that was going to happen because of how synonymous his name was in the middleweight division. Like, okay, his fight with Izzy was boring, but you can't tell me that Yoel didn't win multiple rounds. Going into the fifth, I thought it was 2-2. And you could make the argument that he won the fifth round. But who knows, bro? Like, at this point, it's not about arguing. The fact that Yoel is no longer with the UFC, like, you question, where where are you going to go? And then there's rumors that the PFL and Bellator don't want him, which I don't understand why. So, PFL and Bellator out. So then... That leaves Ryzen, where he can do all the steroids. I'm not implying that he will, but he could and be 10 times scarier. Or 1FC, where again, I don't know what they do over there in Asia. I'm not implying anything, but we've all heard the rumors. But anyway, so, so far the biggest... Name let go from the UFC roster purge has been Yoel Romero. They're saying there's more coming. Another guy that could be on the chopping block because he's fighting on the 18th is Anthony Perez. If he loses, I can easily see him going. They let go of Rachel Ostovich. I see them letting go of Tyron Woodley. Maybe. If he loses his fight in March, Dominic Cruz could be one. But I don't think... I think they'll ask him to retire so he could stay on as a commentator for ESPN. Even though it's very different, he can he can be let go by ESPN. I mean, by the UFC and still work for ESPN, much like Chell does. Because Chell works for both Bellator and ESPN. It's crazy. But one thing I don't want to see, and I feel it's coming, is that they're going to release Nate Diaz, and I don't want that. Nate Diaz is a star, bro. Like, I will be sad when they release, if they were to release Nate Diaz in this person. I believe me saying that is... Bad luck, because I'm speaking it into existence. Another thing I want to talk about into 2021, this will be the last thing that they are 99.9% sure Nick Diaz is going to come back and fight. The only question is against who, and I already got my top three picks, Robbie Lawler, Carlos Condit, which would be my top of all picks, or Santiago Pontenibio. But with that, guys, I will let you go. Watch the fights this weekend. Stay safe. Stay healthy. A vaccine is here. Now it's just we have to wait our turn. I don't know if you're going to get it or not, but your boy's going to get it. So hopefully I get to go to concerts again next year. But a vaccine is here. Let's just be patient. I feel it's almost over. It's getting a little scarier out there, but it's almost over, guys. I feel it. I feel it. You know how I just said I hope me talking about Nate Diaz doesn't speak it into existence. Me speaking... To the fact that a vaccine is here and we just have to wait our turn to get it. I hope it brings an end to this pandemic. Alright guys, stay safe, stay healthy, stay humble. I'm out. Thank you so much.